This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! Sheesh, a lot of text messages today, man. A lot of text messages coming in today. Between your comments about climate change and the fact that I was talking about the Big Bang Theory early in the, before you got in, beginning of the cosmos, Brock. I'm reading uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book with Cecily. Oh, nice. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of uh, contrary opinions expressed on the text machine. Uh, civil? Uh, civil? No, not really. No, no I wouldn't say right. civil. Uh, Salk, how much do you have to pay your daughter every time you use her name in an advertisement? Uh, I mean, I let her stay in the house. I don't know what else I would need to do. Salk, bake bear equals a return to 200 pounds. I think I can go <laughs> once. It's the 80-20 rule. Don't worry about it. And then uh, a lot of people upset about SeaWorld, of course. Mm. And then uh, Salk, your best friend is a girl. Yeah, my friend Jess. As is... I was curious how many caught that. That That is a... Maybe that's a conversation for tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe that's a good. We had didn't we have her on the show at some point or talk about her years, years ago? ago? Yeah, I mean this I is so. like going way way back. I feel like we did yes. something like that. Yeah, she was yes. in my wedding and she's been my best friend since we were like 12, 13 years old. So that's yes. awesome. Yeah, that's fine. Guys, that's chill tough. out out there. My gosh, huh? <laughs> So that's tough. Why is it tough? For her, you mean? Yeah. Being best friends with me for that long? Yeah. All right. Let's get into whose shoes, please. <laughs> Maura. It's uh, unnecessary. That's, that's a she actually likes me. You know, I've, I've never put myself in her shoes, Maura. Right. You're right. That is <laughs> You're taking Jess's shoes. It's rough. <laughs> whose shoes? Salk's child or Salk's best friend? No. Both um, are in so explain this to me. I think I've honestly only done this one other time. So explain this this concept to me. You're choosing whose shoes you would rather be in. Oh, okay. Okay. So first up, Daryl Taylor or Derek Hall this season? Oh, I'm an incentive guy. Put me in Daryl's shoe. Yeah, put me right in those shoes right there. I know uh, Brady has said this because of the injury, his contract told, and he's not a totally unrestricted, but he's a restricted. And those restricted free agents, those numbers can vary and be pretty significant as well. Millions of dollars. So, yeah, give me give me Daryl Taylor. It's time to go. Yeah, no, I would rather be in Derek Hall's shoes because as much as it's nice from a management perspective to have somebody over the barrel like that, I don't know why I would want that for myself. I'd like to be the rookie with gigantic knees and all of the potential in the world ahead of me. Put me in Derek Hall's shoes, absolutely. Was he a Money's got to be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? Sure, what about the shoes? What about the shoes, bro? Money's got to be the shoes. Got to be the shoes. What'd you say? Size 14, 15, big feet? I mean, big knees, big ankles. I didn't look at his feet. feet. I couldn't get that low. I was, I couldn't see the feet below his knees. That's a shadow. So creepy. <laughs> Gigantic. <laughs> All right. See this segment? Let's gives us a lot of insight. Yes. Uh-huh. Into uh, your personalities. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, because you know last night was great, but the Mariners have had some rough times here. Whose shoes would you rather be in at the moment, Scott Service or Jerry Depotos? It's on me. Yeah, my first would I rather time. be in? Yeah. I think, jeez, oh, this, this is the hardest one you've asked. I think I'd rather be in Jerry's shoes because he's not even the GM anymore. Jerry's the one who's like talking to ownership and kind of yeah. doing all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Justin Hollander, 
I don't know that I'd want to be in Justin's shoes, not because I think he's done anything wrong, but because he's the GM of this team. And unfortunately for Justin, who I think the world of, I think is a really bright guy and is doing a good job. People that he identified as the GM have not worked out so far. Now, over the last week or so, seeing Tay Oscar start to hit has to be an incredibly gratifying, important thing for him and and for the rest of that whole baseball ops department. But ultimately, I I think they have more control over things than the manager does. So I would rather be Mm. in the position of control. Yeah, I'm a son of a coach. Uh, Walking the sidelines invigorates me every week that I do the USFL, the coaches, the impact they have, the relationships I've fostered even with those guys in two years. Give me Scott Sneakers. Give me, give me, give me, give me those. Jerry's shoes because then I get to wear Jerry's jacket and have all Jerry's style and, right. you know, everything Jerry has going for him. <laughs> and then you can wear your stocking cap the way Jerry did. Right. Cool guy. Stocking Jerry cap. Hip. Tripoda. Do right. you think Scott, does, does Scott go the Pete Carroll route? Does he go the old Nikes? Do, do you see him? Oh, like rocking the Monarchs? Or do you think he's hip? You think he's got... Well, I don't, I don't know. What what do think? I think you're giving me a choice between two things, and I'm not sure the answer is either of those two, to be honest with you. Yeah, give me Scott shoes. I don't know if he's hip, but I don't know if he's wearing the Monarchs either. Oh, it's the shoe. The shoe? It's got to be the shoes. All right. Next up, Adam Hadwin. Is that how you say oh. it? Hadwin? Yeah, Adam no, Hadwin. That, from, oh. that got tackled at the RBC, or oh. Bernie, the heat mascot, who oh. had to go to the hospital after being hit by Conor McGregor. Oh. Whose shoes? Oh. oh, Hadwin, for sure. For sure. Because oh, no A, you get to play in the U.S. Open. B, did you see his locker, the way that the folks at the Open decorated his locker? Yes. Yeah, that was great. Put, like, construction hard hat in there and everything else. Uh, he gets to play the the U.S. Open, and he gets to be celebrated. Like they all, you know, got to see him. The, the poor heat mask guy. We don't even know who it was. Yeah, he's in that costume, just getting jacked. Yeah, you're no, looking at this totally you. wrong. The easy answer here is Bernie, the heat mascot, who's about to sue Conor McGregor True. for a ton of money, nah, and he's going to be nah, wealthier than Adam no, Hadwin. No, so no, no, no way. No, he went to the uh, hospital. That's fine. You don't think he signed away as rights as a mascot? Seriously, bro, he can sue for anything. Signed his life away as a mascot. And he's not going to have the picture of his face being tackled on TV Correct. for the rest Speaking of his life. Of, we've been talking Correct. about the Nuggets a lot today. Their mascot, I've seen, he oh, yeah. makes more money than like any other mascot. Really? It's insane. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so Rocky? $625,000 annually. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, he puts his life on the line. Like, he climbs ladders. He does flips. Yeah. He's he's nuts. Yeah, he's lot of chairs, huh? If yeah. you haven't seen that video uh, from years ago where they dropped him from the ceiling and somehow he passed out on the way down, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny because he was okay. But, like, it's just this limp mascot being dropped from the ceiling yes. and you hear all these people <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> How about that dude that tackled had one? That was. He felt so bad. Teaching yeah. tape. Yes. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' teammate or Kyler Murray's teammate? Pass. Hard, hard pass. <laughs> got to pick one. I got to be a Jet or a Cardinal? I would rather be Aaron Rodgers' teammate than Kyler Murray's because Rodgers won. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray hasn't done anything you to You couldn't deal with it. him for more than one day. No, but I couldn't deal with Kyler Murray either. <laughs> and if you're with Kyler Murray, you're with the, that organization. Yeah, yeah, give me, it'd, give me it'd be much Rogers. better to be with the New York Jets. That's a real uh, sparkling model for organizational <laughs> success. There are a lot of dudes in that Jets locker room that can't wait for this to start. A, from a football perspective, because he can still play, but B, from the theater. Right? It, it, it is going to be. I mean, I know Favre went to New York, but Favre, you know, he was still Hattiesburg, right? He was still, he did not handle the media 
the way that Aaron handles. I mean, he did not go on Pat McAfee's show everywhere. Right. He did not try to control necessarily the narrative. I don't think he mind the hillbilly, you know, just persona that was portrayed that he carried out. Aaron tries to control and manipulate all those situations. And how he does that with that New York media oh. is going to be. It's going to be fast. It's going to be oh. war. Oh. <laughs> it is going to be all out war. Oh. Right? It's going to be all out war. I can't wait. It's going to be entertaining. <laughs> They're going to be this year's Broncos, at least I hope. Oh, yeah. All right. Which position group shoes would you want to be in if you had to participate in a full day of Seahawks training camp? Oh. oh. I mean, obviously, I would want to be, you know, kickers, long snappers, and punters. I mean, those guys go out, hang out for a little bit, and then go play golf. Pretty easy. I don't, but I don't think Brock wants the easiest day, right? No. No, you choose the hard right rather than the... <laughs> <laughs> you do know a lot about the hard right, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I whew, I think I'd say D-line. For all the times I made fun of him in my life, I really? think it would be... Yeah. I think those walruses hanging out under the sign in the shadow, wherever... wherever if it's it, cool. if, if, uh, yeah, if it's going to be hot and the sun's going to stay out and La Nina's going to do her thing in August, you know that they just all crowd around the bottom of the scoreboard sure. to try to get some of that shade. I think probably, yeah, I think probably that D, those D, D linemen. D linemen. For a day. Yeah. Well, Just I mean, I think it's telling that the wide receivers and everybody would all go over to hang out with the D linemen and do their drills, right? Marshawn and crew, sure. Doug Baldwin used to do that. So, yeah, yeah I would I would say that's probably the, the right answer. Yeah. Give me that crew for I a I mean, day. the quarterbacks seem like it's pretty easy, too. I'm not going to lie. They're just throwing <laughs> the ball, especially the backups. I mean, like, how hard is that? That is whose shoes. Oh, Good stuff. Shit, shoes. It's got to be the shoes. That Thank you, Maura. to watch your mouth. What? Yeah, that's that's watch your mouth again. That's that's both hours I've had to tell you to watch your mouth. Why? I think we learned a lot about both Shots of you in that segment. Quarterbacks. Sam. <laughs> Would you rather be Mozart or Freddie Mercury? <laughs> <laughs> Whose oh. shoes would you rather be in, Mozart's or Freddie Mercury's? <laughs> yes, that's awesome. All right, we'll come right back, give you guys everything you need to know. Jeff Passan will join us in 20 minutes. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it was nice to see the good version of the Mariners show up again last night. It felt like it had been a little while, and it is a lot more fun when they play that kind of game. Ty France doing damage early. And the pitch, swinging a fly ball deep into the gap in left center field. Going and going and going. It will fly, fly, fly away. Ty France with a three-run home run into the Mariners' bullpen. Yeah, he got a hold of that one. Fewer strikeouts in general, better approach. Scott Service happy with the way they've been swinging it. I think I said it um, in the road trip after we got out of Texas. Wanted to change our messaging up a little bit on what we were trying to do. Um, really focusing on hitting as many balls in the middle of the field as you can. And it has helped out. It certainly helped Teo out a bunch. I think he's been really good here over the last week or so. Um, Ty kind of does it naturally. But it needs to be, you need a conscious effort to do it. And it just, it gives you a better chance of, of making better swing decisions when you're not trying to pull everything. And our guys are doing it. They're getting really good results. And they're still pulling balls. And they're still hitting home runs. And it worked out a little bit better for them over the course of the last week. Better approach. Better, thanks, different messaging. Thanks to the Mariners in their post-game notes, 27 and 14 when they hit a home run. When the power gets turned on, as Jerry said last week, it's been a, just a cumulative power outage. You know, the most perplexing thing I asked him of all the, the numbers and stats and everything that's happened this season, he didn't hesitate. 
just the the team-wide power outage for a team that was built to hit those home runs. I know it's not their first salt, but didn't that feel like that that was like one of the rare three-run home runs? I know. They've hit one, a lot of one runs. They've hit some two runs. How many three-plus run yeah, home runs? Yeah, they just haven't had that sort of clutch hitting hit with men on base. Season? I know. Yeah, it's been very rare. The types of things it felt like they were doing a lot more. But what it does for the 25,000 in the stands, what it does for the 26 on the roster, what it does for everybody that covers them, and the exhale to give you a little room. Well, and what it does for the guy on the mound, Bryce Miller, who didn't quite have it early in the second inning and then ended up just giving up one hit. The bullpen took it the rest of the way. They win 8-1. They'll have Kirby and then Castillo here to round out the series against the Marlins. Here's the second thing you need to Roster moves yesterday. Penn Murphy goes back onto IL with his elbow inflammation. Not a good sign. Ty Adcock called up in his place, made his debut last night, and went two innings without giving up a hit. All-star voting, not looking pretty. We're going to talk to Passon here in 10 minutes. Remember last week when he told us that Julio should be in the top three? Uh, He's not. Uh, He is right now ninth among outfielders. John Morosi has been on the same band as Passon, saying that the Mariners should have some all-stars. J-Rod was such a he was one of the faces of the game a year ago in terms of the all-star game itself, the Derby. Um, I, I really hope that he's there, even though maybe the, the numbers haven't been for the full season as great as you would expect for him. I, I think he is one of the stars of the game. So Julio, I think, needs to be there. I think Kelnick's numbers overall, I think, potentially could put him in that conversation, but there's a lot of outfitters that are really good. Cal Raleigh might be a, a really good fit behind the plate. And I think on the pitching side, Kirby... Kirby belongs for me. I I, I, th- I think pretty strongly that he belongs there. So I would say at least three with that hometown bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a snub or two that don't get in, and you, and you think they belong like France. It took them right to the last minute last year. But I, I really believe that J-Rod, even though April wasn't what we expected, He's still one of the faces of baseball and belongs there. That all it's not looking like it right now. No Mariner is higher than fifth in the voting at their mm-hmm. position. Julio is ninth. Kelnick's fifteenth. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, home run derby. After what Julio did a season ago in the home run derby, you would think he's going to be invited back, right? They're going to beg him to come back mm-hmm. after the show that he put on and to hit in his home building and. And I don't know how those selections go or who and when and all that, all the details of it. But if he doesn't make the all-star game, he's going to be asked to do that for sure. Right? Can you do that if you're not an all-star? Yeah. You can? Oh, I, oh, I, I believe so. Julio wasn't an all-star last year. Yes, he was. You, oh, he was I in the game. I thought you had to be an all-star. To Are you sure? I think you have to be an all-star to do that. You have to be an all-star to do I don't know. I think you do. Text toy, help us out. I feel like there have been guys through the years. Well, if only we were going to talk to Jeff Passon in 10 minutes, we could figure this out for real. Yeah. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, Brock, let's congratulate the Denver Nuggets and all of their legions of fans as they win the title last night. How about that? The Denver Nuggets of all teams have won a championship. Mm-hmm. There's hope. Birth in 1976 as far as the NBA. They were in the ABA for some time before that. Your Seattle Mariners were born in 1977. And I've said this to you once. I've said it to you a hundred times. The explosion of emotion when the Mariners get to the World Series and win that World Series will be unlike anything else in our market. The Seahawks, they had a run in the 80s, right? Hard Chuck Knox and 
and, and they ran the ball and they got to AFC championship games and they had some playoffs and obviously Mike took them homegrown to the Super Bowl in 2005 and so they the, the Supersonics won a championship in the 70s and certainly got to the NBA Finals. Mariners have never been to a World Series and much like those Nuggets fans have never really been on that stage to get in to get it done and to dominate and do it a gentleman's sweep if and when the Mariners get there the explosion in our market will be I think greater than anything we've seen before and it was pretty stinking awesome in 13. (laughs) I mean that parade was pretty epic but I'm just telling you and I believe this in every ounce of my being because of the struggle because they haven't been there because it's been 46 years and they broke a 20-year drought last year with the playoffs and he felt it right yeah that champagne was popped in that way to get all the way to a world series and win it this town would just explode it certainly would all right that is everything you need to know uh we are finding out that you do not need to be thank an all-star you. but it says generally they are thank you but generally generally they, they are. are only three people Mercury, have won it without Mercury, being an all-star Mercury. and julio was an all-star last year <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why you're saying Mercury over and over again, as if that's a word that you used earlier instead of Mercury. But you can feel free to keep saying that as often as you no, want. No, they have, have you had heard some... the name Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear much wrong with that. I'm sorry. I mean, other than that being the wrong name, yeah, I totally yeah. understand. I, I don't. Feel well, guess who's going to join us next? The ESPN baseball insider Jeff Passan. It's Brock and Salk, <laughs> Seattle Sports on 710, SeattleSports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, we missed him last week as he was entitled to a little vacation. Jeff Passan from ESPN joins us, though, every Tuesday at 8.30, and he's here with us right now. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. How was your vacation? Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> I sat on the beach, and I was in the ocean and i didn't get sunburned which is like if you've ever seen me in person um i'm really white so (laughs) like going through a vacation and you know lathering on the spf 70 and emerging without a sunburn is a real dub for me maui for you uh, uh Kauai. oh interesting well i know i know why you didn't get a sunburn it usually rains in Kauai. No, we did not. I, honest to goodness, we did not have a drop of rain. Wow. It was between 72 and 80 degrees all week. It was just absolutely magnificent. Chickens? So, is, is Kauai? Yeah, Kauai's it. got the chickens. Kauai's got the chickens everywhere, everywhere right? Yeah. It does have the chickens. We, we weren't even, like, there wasn't even a lot of, there wasn't a lot of that. Well, were you down on Poipu? You were down on Poipu, weren't you? I was down in Poipu. Yeah, he's got a Poipu guy. They don't let the chickens. Yeah, the chickens. <laughs> they, they're not allowed in Poipu. They got to go back up near the airport or something. All right, Jeff, while you were gone, uh, we got to see the Mariners in all sorts of different levels of distress. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't been great. So they got their oh butts handed to them by the Rangers right after I told you the Rangers weren't yep. that good. Uh, yeah, yep. it's been yep. like a, a total disaster here. Here's the thing I wanted to ask about, though, and this is the word. That, I'll play you the sound, but Scott's used this word now a bunch, and I'll admit it. It's got me a little concerned. Here was Scott's service. This was not yesterday, but two days ago after they had lost to Anaheim. I'm frustrated by it. I think we all are. Uh, I think at times it's lack of focus. These are things that we have talked about, and, and you know it's really important not to give outs up on the bases. 
we have addressed it uh, multiple times and, and lack of focus we make mistakes at critical times and um, you're not gonna win you're not gonna win in this league doing that uh, i don't care how many hits you get or how many scoreless innings you've got to play clean you got to make the plays defensively run the bases really smart heads up uh, and be strategic about when you're taking chances so we haven't done that obviously the word focus is the one that jumped out to me what do you hear there I hear that this is a baseball team two and a half months into the season that is undisciplined. And you can tell that it's undisciplined uh, with strikeout rates. And you can tell that it's undisciplined with the base running. And uh, that's the sort of thing where if you are playing 600 ball, you look past and, and you chalk that up to aggressiveness um, but when you're playing under 500, uh, it, you just can't put nice words around it because it's a real thing. And I don't know that the Mariners are talented enough offensively to be making those sorts of mistakes and giving up base runners and giving up opportunities to score when scoring has proven so difficult for them to do. I won't ask you to define why with this team because you're not around it every day in the clubhouse. And even for those that are, like Shannon Dreyer, who joined us yesterday, I think for her to try to answer as to why, whether it's focus or undisciplined. But I want you to go back in your years of covering baseball, and this is not the first undisciplined team that you have seen. What is typically the culprit or culprits behind undisciplined teams? It's a tough one because the Seattle Mariners that I know and and that I saw last year from the coaching staff are very process-oriented, and they do a really good job of communicating and of delivering expectations. Um, So, uh, again, because I'm not around them every day, like you said, it's tough for me to say whether the players are – tuning out the coaching staff. I don't anticipate that that's the case, but with undisciplined teams in the past, that has been a common theme where, you know, as as much as uh, words are said, uh, they just do not permeate and they they are not absorbed by the players. And there, there comes a point, Brock, where pride becomes the, the most seminal thing. Like, are you really going to be a team that has the starting pitching that you do? And because you can't keep your stuff together on the offensive side, you're going to be doomed and destined to abject averageness because that's what the Seattle Mariners have been this season, right? They are just an average baseball team through the first 65 or so games. I mean, is there any other way to describe what they've been? Yeah. Average, mediocre, un, yeah, unfocused, inconsistent. I mean, I underperforming think all, going all from 94% playoff odds to 6% playoff odds as we sit here, you know, according to those uh, odds makers. May, may I, yeah, may I, may don't, I just, you know, don't do that. Um, Brock, look at him. He took the no. bait. You are just baiting maybe, him. No, no, no. That I thought maybe a week right. in Kauai down in Poipu, he wouldn't take no, the bait. No, you just got rid of all no, of the relaxation no, he no, had found. 
Here we go. No, you're not. You're, uh, I, I was going to say, do you, do you want me to? I mean, I've done it before. Do you really want me to? Because I'd no. be happy to. Nah. You sure? No, nah, Salk ranted about gonna, it last hour. I already, so, I already you're ranted gonna, about you're it gonna, today. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to put the carrot out there and then yep. snap Which is worse, Jeff? I'll ask you this. Which is worse? Playoff well, odds me, that change? Playoff oh. odds or, or, or those in-game Yes, in-game odds. odds. Which do you hate more? Oh, man. I think it's an easy answer. Oh, man. Um, I think playoff odds are worse. No, the in-game odds are the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of why in-game odds could be worse than playoff odds, which are talking about who's going to make the playoffs Six months before the freaking playoffs even like oh, okay. Sorry. You got me, Brock. Congratulations. I did. I mean yep. you're welcome. So so Jeff, yeah. just to bring it back here to, to reality and the Mariners and why they've struggled and why they've been inconsistent and messaging and all of that. Uh, we, we spent a while here trying to figure out why their philosophy, control the zone, dominate the zone, however you want to phrase it, has worked so well for pitchers and has not yeah. worked for hitters. And, you know, look, I think we can all see that, that, you know, a pitcher gets to be in control of that first pitch. It's easy to hold them accountable. Hey, you didn't throw a strike. You threw a ball on the first pitch of the at-bat or on a 1-1 count or whatever, whereas a batter doesn't have the same, you know, level of control over what the pitcher is throwing him. But is that enough to sort of lead to this kind of issue that they have? Well, but, Mike, isn't this just a matter of what players they're going out and getting. Like, isn't, isn't that what it is? They, they do not have an offense that is filled with players who control the zone. They have an offense that's filled with players who strike out. And that, that's been the case for them since the beginning of the season. But I think they you would tell you, Jeff, Jeff, hold on, let me take a little issue with that, because I think what they would say is striking out is not the opposite of controlling the zone. The controlling the zone is about those specific pitches, what you do with 1-1 pitches, what you do with the first pitch of an at-bat. Do you do damage on balls that are in the strike zone, and do you lay off pitches that you can't do anything with? That's going to actually lead to strikeouts. I think they know that, that strikeouts will happen as long as they come with walks and the power and the damage that goes with them. Yes. Well, they have... Approximately three guys who will take a walk, and one of them wasn't with the team when he started the season. Like JP Crawford is really good; like he controls his own. Um, Jared Kelnick for all of his strikeouts, um, I think he he knows how to take a walk, and he will control the zone. He swings and misses too much at um, at breaking balls. Right? That that's always been his issue it still is but he can control his own jose caballero may be the best on the team right now at it. um but beyond that like ty france i guess but he doesn't walk um hey oscar hernandez no julio rodriguez no i, I mean mike ford i know mike ford's like a like i think they would they would put they would put eugenio suarez in that category i think 
uh, for striking out a lot or for controlling his own? Well, a, a guy who has who does strike out a lot, hits for power, and walks a fair amount. Yeah, what was the number yeah, that Jerry – Jerry Jerry pointed to a very specific stat with us last week. It was like isolation. Iso, isolation, something Isos, like that? Yeah, that, that when Isol- you get to isolated that – Isolated power? He didn't isolated, say that. It, no, but it was getting basically to a 2-1 count. And that, that, you know, because there's been, as you can imagine, a lot of conversation and debate about this control of the zone. Is it the personnel? Is it the theology? Is it the belief? It can even execute it today. Blah, 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 blah. And he said, hold on a second. It comes down to, if you really want to boil it down to just kind of isolating and, and I think it was a fan graph stat and basically the difference between a one, two and a two, one, not walks to them. Walks is not part of the equation to them. It is the damage that you do in those situations that you get favorable counts. So I, that does not yeah, sound as simple as control the zone, but that is really the the thesis behind their their attack and their thought process in the box. Yeah, it's it, you know it's very interesting. I I looked uh, I don't even remember what I was doing this, but it was a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at the difference between counts, and I think the biggest delta is actually off of a two one pitch. Um, if you go three one versus two two. Mm. Um, and to me, the the whole idea of working into counts is really fascinating, and uh, I understand why the Mariners are emphasizing the way they are because it, it it just that's how it plays out. Like this is one of those things where you can and should trust the numbers, but I, I also think that a huge part of getting into the right counts is having guys who have that discipline. And I don't know that the Mariners have them right now. And I I think that producing them from the minor league system is going to be a vital part of maintaining what they had last year, which I think, by the way, they can do. I I, I do think ultimately they're, they're going to be able to go out and be more like the team last year than they are the team this year. And I and I do not, uh, you know, John Rose is my boy. Uh, I uh, he's been doing this a long time. I, I very much respect him. I disagree with him uh, that they need wholesale changes, or that they may need to do something big in the opposite direction rather than trying to build here. I still think they're close. Um, I just think that what they have right now isn't enough. Yeah, I think I texted you and interrupted you at Poi Poo Point when you were down there trying to lather on your 150 SPF sunscreen. I think I bothered you with yes. something that Jerry said to us last Thursday, and that was that they're to your point that this roster is still in a place where it's the envy of many in the league, that if you were to say to the other 29 teams, would you rather be in our situation with our young core and our system and what we have roster construction-wise they're still very much the envy. You did a little homework on that. How many teams did you come away with that you would say, yep, very clearly, this amount of, of teams would love to trade places with these Mariners? It, it wasn't a lot. Uh, I mean, it was a, a handful. And, and that is because pitching is so hard to come by. And when you're the Seattle Mariners and you have Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, uh, Bryce Miller, and and I think we've you know you've seen it in the in the strikeouts um, uh, over the first two appearances from Brian Wu, and you've seen it in the stuff um, like those are five 
potentially legitimately excellent big league starters. And they're just nobody else in the big leagues has that. I mean, plus Robbie nobody. Ray when he comes back next year. Right. I, I you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to leave out Robbie Ray, and we're we're not even talking about uh, you know Marco Gonzalez, who I know has you know there's there's been some struggles there, but he's been a guy who for a long time has been a, at very least an effective big league starter. So. Uh, it's that front-line, top-end starting pitching that's extremely difficult to get that I think puts the Mariners in that spot. And also having a guy in Julio who we know can be a star and and having a guy like Kelnick who's turning things on. But if you're, I will say this, if you're building a team long-term, you want more offense than the Mariners have right now. Um, like this... You know, it's the reason that they're not up there with so, uh, Atlanta or with Tampa or with some of these other teams that you would take over the Mariners roster. Um, the lack of offense comparatively is alarming. It's just that they have the one thing uh, that everybody wants, which is power starting pitching. Can you help me understand something along those lines? Uh, and this is I don't think you're going to get mad at the, the odds makers and the number counters being counters. Help me understand, um, Bryce Miller is second in baseball with a whip of 0.92. He doesn't qualify quite yet because of innings, even though he's got eight starts. Luis is seventh at 0.99. Gilbert is 10th at 1.03. Kirby's 24th at 1.11. Those four guys in the top 24 in all of baseball in whip. And yet Luis is tops in wins above replacement at 25th. Why don't those two things? Try? I don't understand. I, I would think that walks and hits per innings pitched that like that's your number. That's what you put out there. And yet, when it comes to that WAR number that wins above replacement, Luis is twenty fifth. Why? Why such a disparity in wins, those numbers? Wins above replacement is uh, if you're going with fan graphs is based on fielding independent pitching. Fielding independent pitching does not count hits allowed at all. It is a strictly Creature outcomes-based metric where you take strikeout rate, walk rate, and home run rate. And when you look at the home run rate of the four pitchers about whom you were talking, they're all around one home run per nine innings, which is not bad, but not toward the lower end. That tends to bring down fifth. So, uh, Fangraphs wins above replacement for pitchers sucks. Don't use it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that's really all you You're needed welcome. to say. I, I think now, oh, we, okay. now along, we all understand. Well, along those lines, I'm going to fit a really quick personal time with passing. And, and by, and I, by and, the way, may I just I, – I need to come in here. I love fan graphs. I love everything about it. That Truly, like – now there are two things I don't like. I still think defensive war sucks. But okay. uh, they're fit-based fit war for pitchers. Um, I, I prefer a uh, runs-allowed-based war that – uh, baseball reference. Okay, let's get personal real quick. Let's get personal, not physical. Let's get personal. You like that? Fantastic. It is terrible. Terrible. That's you, baby. That is so good. This creature in Cincinnati is like unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, he runs like Usain Bolt to first base. He outrun a grounder to first base yesterday. So I texted you last night, Pass, and I said, hey, has there been a player or two or just pure talent that you have witnessed that has actually blinded you with 
their talent has blinded you with a bias that when you saw him, boy, this boy, I am just shouldn't be as biased as I am, but this is just blinding me with bias. So I, I talked with Ellie De La Cruz yesterday and walked away with an anecdote that is going to be my story. That's hopefully running next week. That's one of the most amazing things I've heard all year. And I don't want to spoil it here because that would be uh, bad to my employer, but we will talk about it. I hope next week uh, mm-hmm. to answer this question. I promise you, this is not home cooking. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. is the first answer. And, and it's Ken Griffey Jr. because uh, I was a child and grew up watching him. And the swing was the most, it's the most perfect, magnificent, beautiful, aesthetically pleasing thing that I had ever seen. To the point where when I met Ken Griffey Jr., it was very Chris Farley show. Like, and the fact that I've gotten to know him a little bit and like, don't get nervous when I talk to him now, but still kind of get a little bit nervous. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I just, uh, I, I'm still awed by what Junior did. But the, the answer now is Otani. Uh, I just, I, I will say this, I just got off the phone right before this. Do you guys know who Jack Caglione is? Mm-mm. No. All right, turn, tune into the College World Series this week. Jack Caglione is a sophomore for Florida um, who is a left-handed pitcher who throws 99 and led the country in home runs this year. Um, he is the next Otani. He is the favorite to be the number one pick in the draft next year, and I'm going to be doing a story on him, I think, uh, over the next few days, just on what it takes to be a two-way player. And, and Shohei's, you know, uh, for, for all we appreciate about Shohei and, and all we see, it, he never really peels back the curtain. Like, that's mm-hmm. not his style. So getting to talk with Jack Caglione about what it's like to do the two-way thing, it was remarkable to me the just how difficult it actually is. And so to see Shohei Otani do what he does at the big league level, um, I, I will, I will, I appreciate now, I think in my forties, remarkable things more than I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. because uh, I understand the, the difficulty that it takes to achieve them and what Shohei Otani does every day. Um, we don't appreciate enough. We, we can talk about it as much as we want, but we will never be able to appreciate it enough because it's so unique. Mariners have any shot? Well, I was going to say, is he even going to leave Anaheim? I know that was sort of the way everyone was leaning, but to start the year, they're better. Is he happier? Is there a chance he stays? They're better. Are they good? I didn't say that, but they are better. Yeah, they are better. I I will say this. Zach Zach Nato is really good. Um, Like, they nailed that first-round pick, and – promoted him aggressively and they promoted Ben Joyce aggressively. They they are doing everything they can to convince him that they're here to win. Um, But man, when you go up the five and see what the Los Angeles Dodgers do every year, (laughs) I mean, it's hard if like, if the LA lifestyle is, is something you enjoy and appreciate, it's hard to to see the Angels being a better fit than the Dodgers, but then again, I think I think Shohei Otani is someone who's very loyal and and 
he appreciates comfort. And man, uh, to to leave to leave that behind, uh, whether it is the Dodgers, the Mets, the Mariners, the Giants, you know, the the Yankees, the handful of teams that could be in the Otani sweepstakes. Um, they're going to have to do a really good sales job, I think, because extracting him from that place where he's comfortable and where they give him everything he wants is a tough thing to do. Hey, uh, last thing here, Jeff Passon. Uh, appreciate the time, as always, every single Tuesday with us. Every once in a while, I'll have little thoughts when I'm running my bike or in my bathtub or just uh, thought time, and and I'll reach out to guy, different huh? writers. Oh, oh big bath guy. Big bath big, guy. Big bath guy. Big bath guy. Bath, life. bath bomb and, uh, guy, and, too? Or just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, bath. yeah, you got to have bubbles. You got you to cover stuff up. You got to have bubbles. Absolutely. So, That's yeah, I'm not in there. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, so, anywho, I, I, every once in a while, we'll ping a friend of mine, like, with a thought. And, you know, you've you brought up pride. And since you said that in the first couple minutes, tied to undiscipline, I've had this thought reverberate into my school for 20 minutes. And I know you already have articles. You've got a couple of them coming out, so you already have content. But I'm just curious, as you've said that, here's my swing thought. And it may be totally dumb, and there may be no meat on the bone. But the best offenses in the league right now are Texas, Tampa. I mean, the Yankees we saw coming in here. Who, who, who would – Atlanta. I am curious if you did a dive on those best offenses in the game, how many of them and their personnel have individual swing coaches? How many of them have other people that are saying, no, 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 this is the way you're going to go about it. This is the way that you're going to attack. This is the way you're going to do this. Individual versus... swing coaches for each pl- – like how many of the players yes. have their own swing coach? Exactly. I, I would bet that number is I mean, close to 100%. Yeah, I'm yeah. just kind of curious. Or, or if it is a – I, I hey, think almost every coach? player in baseball has their own swing coach. That yeah, swing the coach question, does his the, the, the question, Mike, is how many of the players use their swing coach in season right. significantly? Exactly. 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 I think the answer is uh, pretty them, high. How many of them lean more into their individual swing coach versus their their uniform they put on in that hitting coach in that philosophy in that team? Just a little, just a little I, thought, I, and it may be nothing. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say the answer is most, and and I think that's the case across baseball. Uh, it's just okay. you know, it's it's become a sport where everything can be so individualized now, like not just, not just the getting your swing to be where it needs to be, but all of the information like you can get, I I know guys who get individualized reports sent to them by their swing coach because the, the major league hitting coach just doesn't have the bandwidth to do that for, you know, 13 guys. Um, So yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of what what was your premise here that those teams have guys who focus more with their coaches or less with their coaches? Yeah, that those teams just understand and buy into the philosophy that of a, that team. Yeah. That yeah. it's a team. That it I, is a that team versus just the independent contractor of I'm going to do it my way for my results. Yeah, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think you can buy into a team philosophy while tailoring it through your own personal coach. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Jeff, okay, we'll, we'll uh, maybe explore this in greater detail next week. It's good to have you back from vacation. We're glad that uh, you threw so on good. enough sunscreen to avoid uh, you know illness or anything, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. God, my voice is so bad. It really is bad. Oh. I totally agree with that. It's as bad as it gets. There goes Jeff Passan, <laughs> who joins us every Tuesday at 830. We'll be right back. Rock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710.